Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Coming clean on a Friday. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Keep the text coming. 704-570-9610. Andrew Norwell's agent says he's hoping Dave can revive Terrace Marshall. Uh, I think that dream is going to die on the hill because I don't see Terrace Marshall being in a Panthers uniform next season. There's somebody holding on longer than I am. I'm surprised to see that. (laughs) But it's also nice to know that there are dozens of us. Dozens! Who still believe in Terrace Marshall? I just don't think it's going to be here in Carolina. Tens. Tens of people. Tens. At least tens. Maybe sevens. <laughs> at least sevens of people. Uh, yeah. Then the text there, I, I don't know if I want to say the full name, but it ends talking about Will Levis feel something with Levis. Okay. Uh, he says if Canals doesn't get the running game straight, he's in for a rude awakening. Tampa was dead last in 2023. Right. Um, you know, to that I say, you know, yeah, they were they were last. They were 19th of run play percentage as well. This was not a running offense that people would consider strong. But I don't put a ton of that on uh, the the coach because I think that a lot of times it, it comes down to the lineman. Man, you got to block. It's like obviously he would like to run. Obviously he would like to run the ball effectively, man. But if you don't have the horses down there to do it, I don't care what you call because in its essence, man, the run game is pretty simple, okay? The pass game, obviously, much more complex when you talk route combinations and route trees and all the things that the receivers have to do. You got different protections. There's a lot that goes into that. But for the most part, a lot of running game is going to be going straight ahead, double team blocks, getting to the next level, things of that nature. Or if you're running the zone, you're covering an area, you want to cut the backside down, even though they don't cut like that in the NFL. And so it's going to come down to the linemen and – how good alignment do you have? And so Tampa had many of the problems that the Panthers had. They weren't very good uh, up the middle when you looked at this team in its totality and their offensive line. They weren't strong in the middle of their offensive line, hence why you saw that run game be the weak link of their team. You look at PFF, and Tristan Wirth was the fifth-rated tackle, but then when you go into the interior of that offensive line, Filer was 55th, Hainsey was 32nd, uh, Mulch, I hope I'm not butchering these guys' names. He was 73rd when you talk about their two guards in their center. And then, um, Lord, is it Godkey? Gadecki? I think it's Gadecki. He was 27th among tackles. So you had two decent tackles, but they were much like the Panthers. In the middle of that offensive line, there wasn't much cracking there. And I think that's why that this uh, running game struggled like it did. A lot of people have made a big stink about the rushing offense, and I get it. It's concerning. You're dead last. That's alarming. I get it. You know where they finished in 2022 when Dave Canales wasn't calling plays. They finished dead last. Yeah, you don't have the guys. You know where they finished in 2021. They finished seventh to last in the NFL when it came to rushing offense. And then you go to 2020, they were fourth to last when it came to rushing offense. So you're talking about seventh worst rushing offense in the league being the best mark that they finished with on the ground 
in the last four years of each of those NFL regular seasons. It's not Dave Canales. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the infrastructure that they've had in place. And the fact that you have two wide receivers, you spent money on both of them and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you went and you got a better pass protector in the first round and Tristan Wirfs, who really helped you. You have Tom Brady as the quarterback, right? Until you move on to Baker Mayfield. But if you still can't run the football as well, while Baker Mayfield is your quarterback, then you still have to throw the football because your offense has better players at the wide receiver position, better than what you have in the backfield toting that thing, better than what you have run blocking. And so the fact that Tampa has been bad since 2020 at rushing the football, it goes to show you at least that it's not Dave Canales. Now, maybe you want to put it at his feet as to him not being able to figure it out. I guess that's fine. But I mean, why wouldn't, why am I going to still, the fact is, One of the criticisms here is that he probably did still run it a little too much, that he probably did still run it a little too much on first and second down and wasn't as creative a play caller on the early downs. And we know that this is a first down league. It's all about how you set yourself up for second and third. So, yeah, he's not a perfect candidate, but I don't look at those numbers and say, who, buddy, this is a bad play caller over there down in Tampa. Well, in football and in life, we know that that the smart man or the smart woman is the person that knows what they don't know. They know their limitations. And so when you go dig into the analytics on Rashad White, he was number one in the league in light front carry rate. That means when you talk about Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and those guys on the edge, nobody's stacking a box for this Tampa Bay run attack. Nobody's bringing a safety down to stuff the run game because you can't because of those receivers. I think that's more of an indictment on the offensive line because when you're playing against a light front, you're supposed to be able to eat. When you're going against a seven-man front and you don't have that extra safety down in there to cause havoc, you should be able to run the football. And so obviously Tampa wasn't a perfect team. That's why they were nine and eight. And so one of the problems there was the interior of that offensive line as I just painted. And like I said, you look at uh, Rashad White and like I said, first and light front carry rate. So that means he was running against light boxes a lot and they still weren't able to effectively run the ball. And so for contrast, you look at a back like a Christian McCaffrey in San Francisco, not saying it because it's my team, but just you have to play a light box against them because of their passing game. But you try that on a team like that with a dominant offensive line, they're going to chew through you and they probably won't throw many passes. And so that's the thing. I think that you have to kind of look at that in a vacuum and say, yeah, the interior of that offensive line wasn't much different than what Carolina had. All right. I just went through a rabbit hole. Okay. Like I was totally distracted on ESPN and uh, ESPN stats. And then I was like, all right, how far back do I have to go before I get to a top half finish in rushing offense? Not even just top half. How far back do I have to go before I found Tampa or before I find Tampa not being in a bottom 10 in the bottom 10 for rushing offense? 2015. They were actually top five that year. They were fifth best in 2015. Every year since they were bottom 10, bottom five and worst. It's just I don't know what's down there in the water, but they are a throwing football team. Those Tampa Bay Buccaneers are. And that was the same with Dave Canales. And you know what? They did it pretty well with a quarterback that had not been throwing the football well the previous couple stops. Yeah. And so now when we go back and look at this thing on the heels of this hire, we saw a lot of texts yesterday asking, well, why didn't they go after this guy? Why didn't they go after that guy? Walker, do we feel like that the Panthers will regret not chasing after some of the bigger bigger names on the market? Brable, Belichick, Harbaugh, and also 
two questions. I'm going to give you a double barrel here. Okay. Did the Panthers feel like that Belichick not getting higher and not being a guy that's high on everyone's board, did they dodge a bullet? Yes, they did, to answer the latter. And I think that affects greatly how pressured you felt to go get one of these big names. Wes, nobody else did. Bill Belichick's still out there. Raheem Morris got a job before he did. Jim Harbaugh got hired by the Chargers, but that was, I mean, that's something that the reporters got right. Yeah. It was Harbaugh wanting to go coach Justin Herbert, go back to California where he's been before, and that makes all the sense in the world, and it does seem like the Chargers might have given him some roster control. So we'll see. It's a lot of power going to Jim Harbaugh, but that's probably what it took to get a really attractive coaching candidate. Yes. And so now with Bill Belichick still being out there, Mike Vrabel not getting a job either, at least you're not going to have the Houston Texans comparison all the time. Oh, we got this guy instead of him. So CJ Stroud's balling in Houston. It makes it look worse. Oh, you see D'Amico Ryan's coaching so well in Houston. It makes us look worse. You're not going to get that with Belichick. You're not going to get that with Mike Vrabel. And you're not going to get that with Harbaugh anyway. No, Nobody should compare this team to what the Chargers are going through because Jim Harbaugh was not going to come here and coach Carolina if the Chargers were going to give him that kind of control and you had Justin Herbert to offer him compared to Bryce Young. So I don't think that it's going to be a huge deal for them to have not gone after some of these other names that other people wanted because of their success in uh, previous postseasons. Yeah, and and I could agree with that because when you look at Vrabel and a lot of people are saying that, and he's the alpha that the Panthers need. And granted, yeah, he had a young quarterback with Will Levis who showed some flashes, and we know Tannehill had some really good regular seasons uh, with the Titans, but then when they got to – to the playoffs, things sort of shifted. But when you look at the offenses under Vrabel, 17th, 30th, and 28th, the last three seasons. And uh, that's coming off the heels of being second in yards uh, total offense in 2020. So, no, I, I don't think that you're missing a ton there. Uh, Belichick, we've already seen, like you said, the power, the different things that he would want. No dice there. Harbaugh, a lot of people, that's the number one guy. They're like, well, why didn't they at least do an interview with them and that Harbaugh wanted to come here? I mean, that's something that we'll never know. That's something that they yeah, will have to answer. Uh, maybe they'll he'll be asked that, and maybe it was kind of a com- conflict of personalities, and maybe they did not want to give him that type of power that apparently he's going to have uh, with the Chargers. And so do Panther fans feel that not getting Belichick not being hired is dodging a bullet? Uh, yeah, I would, I would go along with that too because when you talk about bringing in McDaniels and those coaches that have all that bad baggage uh, with them, Matt Patricia, and then you talk about um, all the power that he wants to have, I, I just don't think that that would be good uh, optics for a franchise that's going through what the Panthers uh, have gone through. And Go ahead, Walker. Oh, no, I was just – Jim Harbaugh to me felt like if, if you were to – get everybody to give their answer on who they think is the best candidate. Not, oh, we don't think he's going to come here, right? Oh, Jim Harbaugh's not coming here at all. Neither has Ben Johnson. Just in each individual case, who do you think the best coach is? And it doesn't matter really for any franchise, right? I think Jim Harbaugh would probably win that conversation even more so than Bill Belichick now, because even if it is at the college level, Jim Harbaugh is coming off of a national championship, and was it is it three straight playoff appearances? I know it's two. So here we are with Jim Harbaugh doing the whole I win anywhere I go thing. Bill Belichick lately has not been winning. Mike Vrabel, the last couple of years, has not been winning. I do think Jim Harbaugh was the most 
coveted candidate out there, if you were to ask most of the fan base, you probably have some outliers, but I think Harbaugh probably would have been that number one. So, yeah, it's fair to say, why didn't the Panthers reach out? If that's the case, it's entirely possible that they did reach out. Jim Harbaugh said, no, I'm good. I'm Everybody wants me. So I'm going to have my pick. I don't want to go coach in Carolina. I don't want to coach Bryce Young. I'm just not as much of a believer because of what I'm seeing over here with Justin Herbert and anywhere else. But if they didn't, then fair. That's a that's a criticism that is well-deserved on the Panthers' front. I still don't think he would have come here. But I, and I also am not angry that you didn't go after any of these other guys. At least you won't be able to compare them the next couple of years, right? Because Belichick doesn't have a job, neither does Vrabel, and I didn't think you were going to get Harbaugh anyway. All right, well, when we come back, should Bryce Young have been kept in the loop during this head coach hiring process? You are immersed in the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Should Bryce Young have been kept in the loop during the head coach hiring process? We want to hear from you on that question. 704-570-9610. 704-570-9610. I did want to read some of these other texts that are coming in. Yes. Panther Rob said, what were the Panthers going to get from interviewing Bill Belichick if they weren't going to hire him? He's not the just a, you know, maybe they could have gotten this from the interview, I guess is what he's saying, is that you could have picked his brain a little bit. It's like people have never watched a Belichick interview. I didn't really read that text very well, so I apologize to the listeners. I think what he's saying was, even if you wanted to interview Belichick, you weren't going to get that much from him. And I think that's where Panther Rob was coming from. But I did a poor job reading. I'm a radio host. I do this for a living, and I apologize for giving people the bad text there. Well, yeah, I mean, as much cachet as Bill Belichick has, he's he's going to be just like anybody else that's trying to get a job. He's going to put his best foot forward. He ain't going to walk in there just like, well... Mofo, I'm Bill Belichick. You better hire me. The end. Well, I I love that you bring that up. Any so I've heard people talk about that a couple times. Mm-hmm. I immediately go to Mike McCarthy, where Mike McCarthy, when he was hired by the Dallas Cabin. Cowboys, yeah, yep. <laughs> I mean, Mike <laughs> was telling you that he said he watched every play from the previous season. Yeah, he said that he was all into analytics, and I I mean I think he uses that a little bit. But then when he was asked about it later, like when he already had the job and he was, uh, you know, games into his tenure, maybe even a whole year, he's like, well, I think, you know, yeah, you know about that. <laughs> Anytime anybody interviews for a job, they might stretch the truth a little bit. It was hilarious. Yeah. I he, think everybody could feel what Mike McCarthy was going through at that time. He just lied on the Indeed resume, man. You know, just say I can do that. Yeah, I can juggle and ride a unicycle and all that stuff. I know people that do that. 
their format, their resume to whatever job they're doing? Well, I don't know if I've ever lied on my resume. I've never lied on my resume, but I will tell you, I mean, growing up in the industry, I will say, yeah, I can help out. I'm just not going to say no to any of the work that needs to be done. Yeah. And so I'm going to try to figure it out and then I'm going to need some help. Yeah. And then somebody's going to have to help me do it. <laughs> I'll learn. But then I'll I learn. Yeah. But then yeah. I learn. Yeah. And so that was a big thing. It's not like I was lying, yeah. but I just always said, yeah, I'm available. I can help Stretch out. Stretch the truth just a little bit. Said I, I can be a sponge. Yeah. That's right. And then I would need nice. help to set up really the equipment. And then, <laughs> you know, they'd be like, all right, so we'll send somebody out there with you. But at least I was there. I was like, I can help. I right. can do as much as I possibly can. All right, so should Bryce Young and his camp have been informed and had any influence whatsoever on who the head coach was going to be for this Carolina Panthers team? So we got this actually from Joe Person during uh, in his write-up on The Athletic. Joe said the Panthers stayed in touch with Young's representatives throughout the search. A source close to Young and his representation said the number one pick is optimistic about Dave Canales and likes that he's young with a strong track record with his quarterbacks. How much should Bryce Young and his representation should have been involved here, Wes? What do you think? Uh, I didn't like reading that, to be frank. Uh, I just felt like Bryce did not had a cachet yet for him to be kept in the loop. I mean, I get it on the surface. You, he's your number one draft pick. He's your franchise. Everything's riding on him. But I just don't like the fact that they will. Because what if he's like, oh, I, I don't like that guy, or whatever the case may be. What? How would that have gone over? Would that have changed the thought process? Would that have changed the thinking? Um, and so I just felt like in a way, because you did hear some rumblings about, you know, maybe them catering to him a little bit too much or babying him a little bit last year. Some people, some fans thought that. And so I think it kind of falls in line with that to where you didn't do enough to earn that type of cachet, in my opinion. Will it end up paying off for them in the long run? Perhaps. And obviously you want the guy who is the franchise you know, I, I guess some people will want them to have a little bit of say, but I just feel like that this go round, and hopefully they won't have to find another coach in the future. But this go round, I ju I just didn't like the the reporting to Bryce Young as far as what they're thinking and and different things like that, and the checking in with him. I see somebody already saying, "Hell no!" What has he done to deserve having input? I I read this differently than Bryce Young and his representatives having okay. any influence. Yeah, I don't I don't think they had any influence. Like the writing here. And Joe Person is going to be careful about this stuff. He said the Panthers stayed in touch. The other thing is, we have to think about the messenger. This is Bryce Young. Okay? Like, this is not somebody that is going to seek conflict over who the next head coach is going to be. Now, yeah, his future matters, and he knows that. But I can't imagine Bryce Young saying, Ben Johnson, nope, don't want him. You guys better shift gears right now because I'm not playing for Ben Johnson. You better go hire Dave Canales. Do we yeah. really think that he would have that kind of power? Is there anybody that he's turning down and then actually changing the outcome? What if he What if he didn't like it or wasn't as excited about it as maybe they were? Do you think that that maybe causes a pivot? Like if they say, you know, we're, we're thinking about hiring this Canales guy, so. and he's like, eh, well. I, I don't think so. Bryce Young. He hasn't done anything this year. True. I so I I actually I think there's a mutual understanding on both parties. I think the Panthers are going to tell Bryce Young and his representatives, "This is what we're doing. This is what we're thinking about hiring this guy." I don't know how much they're asking him what they think. I mean, Joe was telling you from his sourcing what Bryce Young thinks. Not 
from the Panthers, Dan Morgan, whoever, saying, oh, yeah, you know, this is Bryce told us that they really like him and they approve. I don't I don't know if they were seeking the approval more so than they were just keeping them up to date on everything that was going on. If Bryce was trying to alter the outcome, then no, I wouldn't be okay with that. So to push back, so to push back on that, then I guess I would ask why even why even check in with him? Because if if, if I'm giving you a call for that, I at least want to get some type of reading from you. Well, I because wanna, you have a relationship. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I want to get some type of reading when I tell you, hey man, you know. We just talked to Ben Johnson today, and we talked to this guy and that guy. You know, so if I don't ask him, what do you think? Then I still feel like I'm looking for something in that phone call. Like, how does he react to this? What, what, you know, what, I guess, nonverbal communication. I don't know what form they were talking to him. I don't know if they're FaceTiming with him or whatever the case may be. But I just feel like if, if his opinion truly did not matter to them, then why even make the calls in the first place? Because you're just going to keep them up to date. That that seems normal to me. Right, but then I'm saying, okay, so if, if you're doing that, and it is, I'm not saying it's not normal, but if I do that and then I get a not-so-great response from him about it, then what does that do to my thinking, I guess I say? If I say, hey, man, you know, we talked to the OC from the Buccaneers today, and he's like, yeah, okay. I mean, well, <laughs> what if they're – I mean – that's all I'm saying. I, I'm no, just trying to push you. back on no, that. I hear you. I would imagine that there would be a conversation after the, uh, okay, remark. Yeah. <laughs> and then after that conversation, everybody would know where they stand. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I would like my professionals to work. Yeah. I would hope that would be the thing instead of them just going, ooh, Bryce gave us a, uh, okay, let's yeah. not go after this coach anymore. Yeah. I, it, it makes sense to me. And I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You're asking why call him if he's not going to have that much influence anyway. But to me, I just think it's open communication matters. Yeah. And if you were to make this hire without Bryce knowing, he doesn't need to know every single detail. But if you call Bryce and his agents, his family, whoever is is a part of his representation, then you say, hey, just wanted to keep you up to loop, uh, up to date on everything. So we're looking at Dave Canales. He's got a really good plan. This is what we like. And Dan Morgan is a fan. He's worked with him in the past. This is what we're thinking. We were going to bring Mike Vrabel in for an interview. I just don't. Plus, I do think the context of who Bryce Young is as a person matters here. I don't. I don't think Bryce is telling you. I don't know. I don't like that. And if if he is, then he's got us all fooled at the podium. <laughs> right. You're not feeling it. No, no, no. I'm not saying oh, that. Oh no, you're good. I'm, I'm just, just thinking about conversations. How to go? All right. So let's just say he doesn't give that type of response. Let's just say you tell him awkward silence, and then uh, okay. Because then I feel like the follow-up question is going to be, well, what do you think? And then if he's like, well, you know, it's okay, but why don't you guys go after Harbaugh or something like that? Like, that's all I'm thinking. I'm just thinking about how conversations go. Because I know if I'm calling somebody, especially a guy that's my guy, that's my franchise quarterback, and I'm telling him about what I'm doing, I'm still going to be looking for something in there to see how he feels, even though we don't know how well-versed Bryce Young is and coordinators and does he know about these guys and things of that nature. That's all I'm saying, because let's just say he hears, he reads the paper, and he sees the canals as a front runner. Then he says, all right, well, let me call Mike Evans, or let me call Chris Godwin and see what they think about this guy. Let's just say they don't give him a glowing review. Maybe, I guess, I'm, I'm trying to figure out our disconnect to some degree. It sounds like a little bit of our disconnect is you don't see the point in calling him just to keep him up to date to tell him what you're going to do if you are not seeking his opinion yeah, on it, Yeah, I don't too. make the call until after it's done. Then I call and say, hey, man, we got your coach. See, Let's but that, I, I actually, if you do that, uh-huh. then 
having zero communication with the quarterback that you hope to be the face of the franchise, just like not letting him know anything. Mm-hmm. I don't like that if I'm a player. Like I, I would like to know. I'm not telling you who to hire. Yeah. But I would like to be a part of the process and know. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if you are a a veteran on this team, we don't even have to just do the quarterback thing. Mm-hmm. If you're a veteran on this squad, then you might want to know too. But it, yeah, they're not going to dictate who the hire is. But I, I think the fact that if it's Dan Morgan, if you care about having a good relationship with your players, mm-hmm. which I would like my Panthers, uh, whoever is up at the top of the totem pole, I would like them to have an open line of communication, even if they're not going to be influenced by what Bryce Young is doing. Yeah. We can go back to the text line, 704-570-9610. Uh, Jason says, Wes, they know Bryce, and they know he ain't going to cause a conflict. He's a positive guy. Dennis E. said, the kid is a QB. He's not the front office. Big Cat Dan writes in on that. They said his representation. They probably didn't go into depth to his people. So stayed in touch. That's not enough context. So I'm here, not there with it. Those are some of the texts in on the conversation. 704-570-9610. Feel free to share some more of your opinions on it. And so if that is the case, do you think that... uh, where are you on this, right? Because if you think that, all right, it's still a little questionable, but you you understand what I'm saying. Do you think there is a fear of them catering too much to Bryce? I, I, you're at least opening that door for me to think you might think that. Well, I mean, obviously this hire is all about Bryce. So uh, there's, there's no question about that. I mean, you're always going to cater to your quarterback if you feel like you have a franchise quarterback. So this whole hire has been about him. This whole offseason is about him. We know that the defense needs some tooling in some other places. But when we look at this whole offseason in this totality, what is it all about? It's about, for one, finding a head coach that's going to be able to nurture Bryce Young and turn him into that quarterback everybody believes that he will be. The offseason moves. What is this going to be dictated on? Getting Bryce Young the requisite weapons, a better offensive line so that he can perform better. Now, the NFL is a quarterback league, so whichever quarterback you have as your starter, you're going to want to be able to supplement them with what they need. But this whole offseason, and that's why I'm not surprised that they were contacting his representatives, which I forgot in the jargon of everything that that's what it was. But still, regardless, they were laying it back to him. And then I'm sure that his representation or his camp was asking him, what does he think about it? And if he, and I'm sure, like people said, very positive guy, not going to give much pushback. But I'm saying if he was that type to do that, I'm sure the representation would have got back to the Panthers and said, hey, you know, our guy isn't too thrilled about what you got going on. What you got, Shravi? I just think from what we've seen from Bryce so far, and like you said, unless he has us all fooled at the podium, I think he's a guy that wouldn't care. I think he thinks that he's going to do his best to work with whoever they hire. I think he probably appreciates staying in the loop. But I think his mentality probably is whoever they bring in, I'm going to do my best to be my best. And I think, I mean, any of these hires would have been good for him because we were looking at, I guess we didn't bring in Slowick, did we? But like a lot of the people we were looking at were based around helping him. So I think it's just. Yeah, the Slowick was, didn't get a second interview, but right. Like, okay, we obviously don't know these athletes in and out. We don't know them like that. Okay. I don't know how they are in their personal lives, whatever. But from what we think we know about Bryce Young, having heard his interviews, having heard some of the features that the Panthers will do or some of these you know, social media constructed ideas of content, right? From what we know about Bryce, 
that dude is not seeking conflict. <laughs> that guy, I, I hate to say it, I mean, he's feeble at the podium. That dude is not looking for any smoke. It doesn't mean he's not competitive on the football field. That's a different animal. Okay, we can see people turn it on. That's a switch. You have to, because if you acted like you did on the football field in real life, then a lot of people would be in jail. Okay, so Bryce Young, different animal on the football field. But here, I'm not seeing him pounding the table saying, go after Jim Harbaugh, damn it. And if you don't go after Jim, I ain't playing. Or (laughs) even in something less than that, you might want to get Jim Harbaugh if you care about my happiness. I don't think anything like that. Like, he's not, is he a big name guy? Sure, he played for Nick Saban. But I think Bryce also understands, look, the, the decision makers, they've got my best interest at heart too, even if you want to view it from a cynical way, because they know my play dictates their future too. And so they for sure have my best interest at heart because their future relies on it. So even if you just wanted to view this from a cynical standpoint, that absolutely exists over there at Bank of America Stadium. Yeah, and so that's the thing too, man, just playing devil's advocate, having some pushback on it, just wondering how those uh, conversations went. Is there anything that you feel like that he would be, I won't say that he would dislike, but be, was that, yeah, uh, have questions about, I think it's a better way to put it. Well, that's what I was trying to figure out too. I, I Strappy was hinting at that a little bit. I, I'm trying to think of what he wouldn't have liked with really any of the candidates. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you bring in Vrabel, who is a defensive minded guy, maybe you would be, oh man, I was really looking forward to working with somebody that is a quarterback mind, that's an offensive mind, but okay, we'll see how it works out with Vrabel. Maybe that would have been a pushback. I, I don't know if I can tell you anything about Canales that he wouldn't have liked. I, You could point to the lack of run game. Hey, we, you know, we ran the ball well. That's what we did best here in Carolina. And if he can't run the ball well in Tampa, then I don't want him. But then you would just say, no, buddy, this is a part of the culture of Tampa Bay. They haven't been good at running the football since 2015 when the muscle hamster was back there. Yeah. So then you go to Ben Johnson. What are you going to say? What's Bryce going to say about what he doesn't like about Ben Johnson? Oh, they've only been ranked in the top three in various categories the last two years. I just don't know what he'd be able to push back, to be honest with, unless there are some things we don't know about with their personalities. But that would just be speculation. I have zero clue what any of those coordinators are uh, coordinators are like behind closed doors. The only thing I could really think of just off the top of my head as to what Bryce wouldn't like is just maybe he looks at the performances they put up against his team. Maybe he's like, oh, you know, this guy running this offense, hell, they had a hard time right. scoring on us. What would be funny, though, is like they only beat us by nine points yeah. the last game. <laughs> they, they should have been beating us by 30. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, a lot of other teams beat us down. Yeah. If Dave Canales is only putting up nine, if we're only getting beat by two possessions, it needs to at least be three before I hire you as my head coach. That would be hilarious if that was a part of his thought process. Yeah, that that would be the only thing. And then maybe the experience, <laughs> maybe him coming from the Nick Sabans and all the, the, the robust coaching he was around in college and, uh, you know, now in the NFL, maybe wanting someone more season. But I think that, you know, I, I think it's legit that he is optimistic about this hire because I'm sure that his representation and his camp w- did the research just like everybody else and told him about his track record with the quarterbacks because they said that was the trait that he was most excited about and what he's going to be able to do for him. Because I know for Bryce, man, he's looking for a lifeline at this point, man. I mean, his rookie season went about as tough as it could go when you mm-hmm. talk about seeing his peers and what happened with him and everything that's going on. So I'm sure he's just ready 
for a fresh start with a guy that he feels like has the potential to be here for a while. There is an Alabama rookie who is not undergoing the same struggles as Bryce Young. And we had a chance to talk with him. I went out to the Spectrum Center earlier today after shoot-around and had a conversation with Brandon Miller. After going for over 20 points the last four games, Brandon Miller has been sensational this year for the Charlotte Hornets as the number two overall pick. We talked about maybe some of the Scoot Henderson opinions previously, talked about his thoughts on that, plus why he's been playing so well, what it's like without LaMelo on the court compared to what it is with him on the court. Plenty to get to. Brandon Miller speaks on the other side of the break. It's all on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Continue to speak very highly about the hire and Dave Canales, and so does Geno Smith. Joe Person just put out a tweet at Joseph Person. Here's what Geno Smith had to say on Carolina getting Dave Canales. Quote, you're getting a phenomenal coach who loves ball, who loves people, loves to coach, loves to teach. He's patient. He's understanding. And also, he's a guy who's ever-evolving. He understands you've got to continue to improve. All right, Geno Smith telling you that Dave Canales is the man. Baker Mayfield is. a nice endorsement. It is a nice endorsement. And so maybe if Bryce Young was giving you the, I don't know, if he was doing that, (laughs) then just show him this Geno Smith quote. All right, let's go to the interview I had with Brandon Miller earlier today. I went out to shoot around or right after shoot around. I had that chance to speak with Charlotte Hornets rookie Brandon Miller on the season that he's had as that number two overall pick. The comparisons to another Highly touted prospect at that number two spot, but also playing alongside LaMelo, the Terry trade. Here's Brandon Miller right now on WFNZ. It's Walker Mail here on Wes and Walker from the Spectrum Center, having the pleasure to interview Brandon Miller, who has been on an absolute tear here lately. How about four straight games going over 20 points in each of them? Brandon, what's been working for you so well here lately? Um, I think just going in every game uh, with the most confidence, uh, going in there with, you know, my teammates, um, you know, just building my confidence every day here in the gym and practice off the court, on the court. Um, so just, you know, going in with that, that mentality is kind of, it's a, it's a game, it's a game changer for sure. Just, you know, having the confidence to, you know, knock down big shots in, in late games uh, with tough crowds. So I think all we're doing here is just playing with the, the most confidence we have, trying to uh, pull out as many wins as we can. Well, and I know Coach Clifford said that you were feeling sick and you've had a bunch of like nagging injuries. You get out of game, maybe a couple games and then come back. Are there any injuries that are lingering or are you feeling pretty good right now? I'm feeling great right now. Um, I think the staff has been doing great just, you know, um, help me heal 100%. Um, so I think, you know, just keep going and doing this, the same routine every day and just sticking with it is, uh, you know, can go a long way in this season. 
Now, it's funny, like, to talk to rookies in the past. They'll always talk about that rookie wall. Like, it's, a, it's a real thing. I don't know if you've hit uh, that yet. Not not for you? It's not a real thing. It's a mentality, <laughs> it's a mentality thing. I don't think I don't think I'm having a rookie wall. So, uh, Doesn't look like it. Gonna, no. Gonna <laughs> keep pushing. All I can do is just keep pushing and working. Um, I'm here with Brandon Miller at the Spectrum Center here on Wesson Walker. Appreciate you joining us on 92.7 FM. Now, we've seen your role change a little bit just because of some of the injuries. It's just you've had to adapt, right? LaMelo being out for so long. Now you have Terry being out, and so it feels like it's changed a little bit, being more on ball, sometimes you're off ball. How have you been able to adapt, and how different is it when LaMelo's on the court compared to when he's not? Well, first thing I can say, you know, you know, all happy to, you know, all rooting for Terry. Um, you know, he has a in a great spot in Miami. Um, so, you know, that's my dog forever. Um, but, you know, just, you know, having guys out, uh, I think that's kind of, you know, they, they, they're they not really out. I mean, they're still at the game coaching, um, you know, helping the young guys, you know, get in the right places. Is that what LaMelo's doing? Uh, yes. He, he definitely helps me uh, be in the right places at all times in practice. Um, so it's just, it's like I said, it's a mindset thing. And, you know, confidence boosted by my teammates, so hats off to them. Well, now, and, and with Terry being traded, this is something players talk about, too, in my experience. It's really hard for them to get used to the business side of things. Like, they understand it, but that's a brother that gets traded. And they say it's never easy, whether it's your first year or your fifth year in the league. It's your first taste of that. How difficult was that? Like, how did the news hit you when you found out, yeah, Terry's gone? Definitely wasn't, it wasn't easy to take in. Um, you know, just, you know, hearing a brother gone, uh, just like that next day uh, after a game is crazy so I think just just got to move past it you know has goals, goals off of Terry I know he's going to do well in Miami uh, so, I mean he's only one phone call away so I can always yeah. contact him and you know see what, so what he's doing or where is he at so uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not bad uh, How did you guys know a little bit before going into Minnesota that it could be around that time that he's going to be gone uh, I knew it was tra around the trading time uh, they told me the date um, so but I mean just thinking that you know he'll be gone that fast no I wouldn't just think that, so right. um, it's kind of different. Yeah, Brandon Miller here at the Spectrum Center talking on Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. And so how do you guys operate now as you approach the trade deadline, but you still might have some players traded, but you just don't know because the NBA is so wild like that? Like I said, we just don't know. I think we just take it day by day. Um, you know, we come into the game tonight, play as hard as we can in front of the home crowd, uh, and then you come back tomorrow and play in front of the home crowd. So I think, you know, just having the... the, the 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 fast um, kind of thought um, is kind of a big big plays a big key in you know the NBA game. Yeah. Now a couple more questions before I let you go, Brandon. One, we all remember pre-draft. There were a lot of people that did want Scoot Henderson here at number two, and Brandon people's minds have changed <laughs> since these last 40 games that you've played here. It's got to make you feel good, man. Like, especially uh, with just your play, letting people to change their mind like that. How does that feel? Uh, well, like I said, uh, I had an interview, um, our first guy here, and, you know, that was one of the questions. I was like, um, you know, Charlotte Hornets is getting a winner. Um, yeah. You know, going to make all the winning plays. Um, you know, go out there and give, you know, 110% uh, every night. Uh, so I think... I think just going out there and doing that, I think that's going to change the mindset every time. I think the city's embraced you, and also they're trying to embrace Bryce Young right now. I think everybody sure. realizes that he needs yeah, some help Bryce. over there with Carolina. Yeah. And, and you said that you've been talking to him a lot, or at my least guy. early. Yeah, How often do you guy. still talk to Bryce Young? Um, well, since the season's kicked off, we haven't really um, spoke a lot. But, I mean, it's just, we know we, we know our, our, our schedules are, are busy. Yeah. Um, I know with him, it's probably every day, uh, same as me. So, um, I think... 
we'll probably, you know, kick back off in the summer. Um, with, you know, just checking in, see how the season went, see how it's first year. Um, but, you know, it's definitely my guy. He's a bright future. He's a good dude. And final question, just what are some things that you want to work on individually the second half of the season being here? Um, I think the second half, just, you know, getting closer to my teammates. Uh, I know we're close now, but I think our bond can even be closer. Um, I think that help us on the court for sure, um, definitely off the court. So I think, you know, 82 games is definitely a long season. So I think just the bond is kind of the biggest thing with us. No rookie wall, though. No, 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 rookie, no rookie wall. That's Brandon Miller joining me here on Wesson Walker at the Spectrum Center. Brandon, appreciate the time, man. Of course, thank you. All right, that was Brandon Miller. Fun stuff to talk to him already, learning the uh, media-savvy ways to talk, but also Brandon. <laughs> but no, and, and Brandon has was starting to be a little bit more candid with some of the stuff that's been going on. I don't know what you wrote down here, Wes, just to, a, a couple of notes from me. When I asked him about the scoot thing, he was smiling. He was like, yeah, you know, he, he's got to feel good. And, you know, here I am, obviously, you know, preaching Scoot Henderson at the time, and Brandon's been fantastic. And so that had to make him feel better. I thought it was cool when he discussed building relationships. That's a that's a key thing for him. Brandon cares a lot about the relationships that he's built with not only Terry Rogier, sad to see him go, but LaMelo. I saw him, you know, yucking it up with Miles Bridges coming off of the court, like lots of players in that locker room. He cares about those relationships and even talked about LaMelo coaching him, you know, telling him where to be spacing on the floor. I thought that was cool. But the Terry stuff, that's got to be hard for these guys. And you hear it a decent amount, even if you're in the league for a long time. This is Brandon's first taste of having somebody that he's close to be sent on up out of here. Terry's gone now. And I thought a couple of those answers were interesting from Brandon. What did you take away? Yeah, I mean, the obvious is that obviously these guys learn quickly that it's a business and you spend so much time with these guys more than your own families and things of that nature. So yeah, man, it's when that presence is missing, it's definitely something that's going to get to guys, but they realize that they have to uh, keep it pushing, so to speak. Uh, I thought it was funny how he was talking about not hitting a rookie wall because it's still yeah. a lot of basketball left to be played. So <laughs> yeah. we'll see how long that that holds up, man. But you got to, like I said, enjoy what you're seeing from Brandon Miller. He looks like a guy that's going to be a fixture for this franchise. And uh, he and LaMelo look to be the dynamic duo of this roster as they move forward into a new era of ownership. And uh, and Brandon with that rookie wall stuff, I, I will say the the thing in his defense on that, uh, he's he shows up for every single moment. It, that that's something about the mentality. He's real confident, and it doesn't matter if you're going against beef stew with the Detroit Pistons who wants to buck up to LeBron James. Yeah. Brandon Miller's about it. It was only him and P.J. Washington were the only guys that really stepped in. Maybe, maybe Terry was in there a little bit, but those were the only guys. And in the fourth quarter, if Brandon is one of seven from three range, Brandon's going to hit a couple of three-pointers to help you out even more so because he is so confident. And that's something that has been fantastic to watch in his rookie year. Final thoughts, Rob? I just love watching him, and especially with the Beef Stew. I mean, wasn't that in their first matchup, wasn't Beef Stew saying like, hey, you want to you know, fight after the game or something yeah, like that? Yeah, he gave them ducks. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, Brandon Miller didn't back down. I mean, I think he has such a great mentality. Um, and... I saw someone say this on the text line, a 704 number. Like He said that his favorite player was Paul George, and mm -hmm. I mean, he looks good, man. Some of the little things that he does, I think like you can see that he took a lot of influence from his game, but I, I do think that he has overly impressed for me. So, I mean, he's, yeah. he's amazing. Well, the shot-making 
And I, I wanted to ask him this too, but there's only so much time. The mid-range game has taken off, and that was a part of his game in high school. But then when you go to that Alabama system, you don't see it because it's it's so advanced metrics driven. It's three-point shots, it's free throws, it's shots at the rim. And when you don't shoot well at the rim, but you do shoot well from free throw and three-point range, it was, okay, that's a lot to rely on as a rookie. But zero problem making that transition. I, the shot making, I thought he was already going to be a good shooter coming in, but he's blown that expectation out of the water. Like what he's hitting shots at a crazy high clip. If he shoots this for the rest of his career, he doesn't improve one more percent and he just shoots this percentage for the rest of the career. You good with that. You good with it. Yeah. Like that that's what's crazy. And then so hopefully he can get to the rim better as he gets stronger, a little more crafty, keeps that handle tight, not as loosey goosey, and hits at the rim, then he's gonna be a complete basketball player. And you're already starting at a pretty high level. So that was good stuff from Brandon Miller. We'll put that on the website, WFNZ.com on the Wesson Walker tab. More Carolina Panthers conversation on the other side of the break. What are the national pundits saying about this Dave Canal is higher? Shrop it like it's hot. Coming up next, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.